This is a podcast brought to you by CMS Law featuring Chris Luck. Chris recently wrote an article and attended a webinar that addressed some important questions for tokenization as a solution. In the webinar, they ask, is the recent crypto news volatility a game changer? Will tokenization of assets and digital technology continue to grow? And if so, how is tech and regulation in better shape? Good afternoon. I'm delighted today to be joined by Chris Luck from CMS Law. Chris, welcome to the CMS podcast. And you've written an article, Tokenization as a Solution. I wonder if you could just give us a quick overview of, of the article and what, what inspired you to write it. Okay, well, thanks uh, very much, Johnny, and uh, delighted to be on the show, and happy birthday. Um, this obviously a birthday special today, so uh, honoured to be on, on air with you guys. And what we're talking about, really, is a webinar that we held a couple of weeks ago on the 22nd of June, and the, to- the original title was Tokenization as a Solution, because we were coming at this largely from the point of view of funds, fund managers, and security tokens. Um, but that actually prompted a much bigger debate um, around actually whether the current turmoil in the crypto markets um, was going to perhaps prejudice or damage the evolution of these other types of tokens. Um, and, and so we actually took on board the, the, some of the bigger issues. Brilliant. So so because so, you, you do a lot of, in, in your sort of what I call your normal day job, you, you're working closely with a number of different asset managers who have been looking at the idea of tokenizing, digitizing existing mutual funds, if I understand correctly. Yes, and private alternative funds and asset classes that perhaps have not yet perhaps been openly uh, investable in for people around the world generally and and tokens and the use of the technology are potentially great enablers. Um, But then there is the counterbalance of regulation, prudential regulation of economies and all the concerns that go with the crypto world, as well as the benefits. Okay, and and you you had a variety of guests on on the webinar. Um, Very uh, honoured, you you asked myself, but but more importantly, you you had Daniel Coe um, on the show from Tokeny. Could you perhaps explain just a little bit about Tokeny and and some of the work and what Daniel was actually saying there? Yeah, well, uh, Tokeny obviously is one of the... um, well-known leading tokenizers um, and indeed uh, has certain authorizations in in Europe and uh, is sort of a a great advocate and uh, practitioner when it comes to tokenizing asset classes, particularly in the sort of um, funds type space. Uh, I think that's still an evolving market, but obviously they're one of the players at the forefront of that sort of activity and have linked up with authorities and backers, uh, for example, in, in Luxembourg. Um, and that is a jurisdiction which we as a firm are seeing a, a huge amount of activity because of the combination of skills such as tokeny service providers in the fund space and actually a fairly um, benign or embracing uh, set of uh, um, regulators who see the scope for fintech and the financial economy and how uh, digitalization can transform uh, traditional securities or fund offerings, uh, not in only in the way of offering tokens, but the whole infrastructure around it and the processes. Okay, because they say Luxembourg, you joined, we were joined by um, Aurelien um, Hollard from, from, Correct. From, uh, from CMS Luxembourg. Um, and and they, they've been doing quite a lot of work around the tokenization because Luxembourg have now passed legislation. So they're, they're ahead of many jurisdictions where you can have dematerialization of securities or 
to put it more simplistically, you can effectively create a security without a lot of paperwork. Would that be a fair way to describe it? Yes, I think the token, in effect, becomes the share. Uh, whereas in other countries, we have to create something representing the share. Right, right. OK, so so Luxembourg seemed to be sort of leading the charge to, to some extent. And, and obviously, tokeny, they, 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 they're based there um, in, in, in Luxembourg as one of the jurisdictions I know they operate out. But you also had um, Tina um, Balzi, a, a, another colleague from uh, CMS, but she's based in Switzerland. And, and she was talking about, um, you know, the direction of re- regulation and law. And it seemed Switzerland are not quite, quite as far advanced as uh, Luxembourg, but there's been a lot of work going on in Switzerland. And they seem to, we've got the Crypto Valley and we've got a lot of companies. Unfortunately, a number of companies have left the UK and gone to Switzerland because they seem to have a, a more embracing sort of... Uh, perhaps let's call it friendly jurisdiction for these sorts of projects. Absolutely. And I think Switzerland is another pathfinder jurisdiction. Singapore would be another and and others besides where the laws and the regulation are evolving and they are enabling tokenization of assets to take place. I think it'd probably be fair to say in Switzerland that the main fund sector is yet to move into the space in any big way. But that's also equally true of places like the United Kingdom. So there, there's, a, there's a balance of caution versus opportunity when it comes to, especially when it's handling uh, retail investor money. Right. OK. But you, in the webinar, you, you touched on some, some real live cases of things that are actually happening. And you've got examples of um, institutions like BMY Mellon, Fidelity, Goldman's Northern Trust. They're all providing sort of custody um, Visa, Mastercard, PayPal—they're all providing the, like the payment platforms, and and you've got other sort of regulated exchanges such as Tokeny and firms like CoinFirm offering sort of um, um, anti-money laundering verification checks and the like. So these are already happening, and this has led to a number of asset managers actually looking to tokenize some of the funds, and we've seen examples of that already with the likes of J.P. Morgan. Uh, Chase, who, you know, arguably the biggest bank outside of China. We've seen Franklin Templeton, Alliance Bernstein. And these are all examples of coming back to tokenizing, digitizing their actual mutual funds, which is which has been interesting. But you, we had another example, another example of and I, this was great. It was from from Denmark. We had Klaus, Klaus yes. Scanny, and he, they're doing something with real estate. Yes. So obviously another big tokenization area. Um, and I, I think he spoke to a, a real life example in the United States. Um, but tokenizing real estate is another huge opportunity because it's a relatively illiquid uh, asset class. And of course, one of the things that both Tokeny and DigiShares are looking at is by creating tokens around these types of assets. Um, you can open up liquidity pools and investment which may not have been available previously. Um, I would say with all of the fund-related activity, though, um, the the token is a great opportunity to introduce um, processes, liquidity, and other things. But also, you should never lose sight of the underlying real asset. Uh, I think that's one of the things perhaps people are looking at at the moment. What does the token represent? And what cost savings or other benefits does the technology, the digital technology, bring? And, for example, in the United Kingdom... Um, the FCA has a very broad definition of a crypto asset, and it's sort of technology neutral. So when you're creating something, really, you have to look at it in very much the same way as you'd look at creating shares in a company or a mutual fund or a collective investment scheme. So the tokenization can't be seen as a way of 
dodging around the sort of existing um, regulation. It's, it's more a case of bringing the two into alignment. Yes, yeah, and I, and I think it's important. There's, you know, the, the tokenization ultimate, and also the underlying quality of the investment, whether it's a mutual fund or real estate or equity. You know, it's really it should perform based on its actual credentials as opposed to its digital, opposed to being sort of based in the analog. Um, and Chris, finally, you, you introduced your colleague from um, from Ukraine, and I, I know it wasn't necessarily tokenization of funds, but can, can you explain what, what what they've been doing and what's been happening in Ukraine? You know, recently. Yeah, well, we were talking about tokenization, um, you know, in, in a broader sense, obviously, on this seminar. And one of the use cases we spoke to was the fact that the crypto community has actually raised significant funds for Ukraine for relief, um, either in the form of sort of military relief or, or um, humanitarian relief. Uh, and so, therefore, the cryptocurrencies can be used for humanitarian causes, for example, um, or, or causes such as this particular one, which is obviously very poignant at this point in time. And the other example spoken to, I think, is that Ukraine um, has actually issued war bonds, wow. um, which have a crypto element to them. So it's it's interesting how the whole crypto space is evolving. And you know, on a very positive note, I think that the... Uh, introduction of the sort of players that you were mentioning, the sort of regulations that we were touching upon, shows that there is an opportunity to really grow the digital financial sector piece along with fintech. And and obviously there's a whole lot of other stuff going on around NFT and DeFi. So you can see that whilst there might be turbulence in some of the currency markets, there is a, a huge opportunity. And I think this is perhaps just a bit of a watershed where perhaps we can take tokenization in the more traditional space in, into a new dimension. Right, right. And, and to be fair, Chris, I, I know, you know, we, we, we've worked on a couple of things, uh, um, you know, over the last few years. And it was, I was trying to remember, it must be well over three years that you ran um, a physical um, dinner in your offices in London for about, was it about 20 mutual fund companies? Some of the biggest mutual yeah. fund companies certainly in the UK were there very much the, the the sense was that people were looking at it and this is correct me if I'm wrong I think it was the autumn of 2019 that you ran that dinner um yeah and so there's a lot of work going on behind the scenes and and I remember very clearly a number of the people there after dinner came up and we they were talking to you and I and they said we don't really want to be first but we want to be a very very close second so now we've seen the likes of JP Morgan Chase and as I say um Franklin Templeton and Alliance Burns so there's three that have already announced it um, I, I know you're privy to um, a number of other companies and you couldn't possibly in tell us who's going to next. But um, I think it's pretty safe to say that we're going to see, certainly before the end of this year, a few more announcements of people tokenizing mutual funds, either sort of investments that we hold in our ISAs, pensions and, and you know, across the pond 401ks. Yeah, using technology in due course to do so. The other interesting thing, as I'm a lawyer, um, which I think is, is is a positive sign, actually, is on the 1st of July, the Council of the European Union and the European Parliament uh, you know, announced political agreement on the proposed uh, marketing crypto assets regulation. And some people might think that regulation is perhaps a business prohibitor or certainly will slow it down. But the fact that something so major as the EU is embracing the concepts of a fintech um, economy uh, in introducing regulation and, and, and rules and enabling service providers to provide custody and safeguards. I think they're actually all very positive 
tailwinds in effect for for tokenization in the, in the round brilliant well that almost sounds like a topic for another day so we might have to get you back to do another article another podcast to talk about that as gives an update as we see how those proposals sort of uh, flesh out and get used in in the real but uh, chris thank you very much for joining us today before we go um you mentioned at the top of the uh, podcast it was someone's birthday and i know james you know if you finish your birthday cake you are you there from cyber.fm any thoughts for uh for, for chris and what we've been discussing there what i what what what'd you say over there <laughs> come on old man <laughs> it, we're talking about tokenization of funds i i have to turn up my hearing aid i'm 47 i am 47 <laughs> years old today <laughs> making me work Come thank on, god it's now. about something i'm familiar with tokenization <laughs> well light the candles and, and enjoy <laughs> right right uh, nfts of candles that i can reward the people for celebrating with me now this I'm was not. a good article and, and you know what's what was easier for me was that i understand uh well you know i've spoken with you in the past but i'm familiar with uh tokeny for example so it, it fit into my brain uh, on the use cases and, and what you guys are adopting over there, which hopefully will spread out my way. I keep that's the one complaint I always have, Johnny, is that you, you guys are faster than us. It's got to get over here more. And by here, of course, yeah, I mean but, America, US. Yeah, but yeah, I think, just, look, let's be, honest, let, let's be honest, James. You know, one, once once the Americans, you know, understand and see a good idea, they're, they're, they're amazing at commercializing it. And if you look at the size of the mutual fund industry, arguably, it has its roots, you know, back in the likes of something like Foreign and Colonial Investment Trust that was there to finance the railroad systems in the USA. But you know, look at the mutual fund market now in America. It's, it's massive. And, you know, it's J.P. Morgan Chase, U.S. company. Franklin Templeton, U.S. company. So, you know, your, your compatriots are, are, are not slow to understand and realize the opportunities. Right. Like, yeah. you know, remember, we, we sold that house in Tampa. Uh, that was an NFT and an LLC wrapped up. But I feel I just feel like you guys are like, oh, OK, well, if we're going to sell a house in Tampa using an LLC wrapped up in an NFT, then you go and you actually create the case precedent. Even JP Morgan or, or whoever, they don't do it in the U.S. That's all my perception, maybe because I'm on this side. Yeah, I, 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 expect United, I think the United States is already well and truly involved very closely. And, and indeed, I suspect they will be the turbocharger that really helps to make it happen. And I think there was an executive order of the, you know, the U.S. president earlier this year about bringing together all the you know, stakeholder uh, regulators and authorities, not just in the United States, but elsewhere. So this sort of global approach to it, it again, I think is um, is very exciting. I think it's a sign um, of good things ahead, I hope. All right. Well, look, Chris, thank you very much for um, for, for sharing your thoughts and and for the article. And um, I'm sure we'll be back up, back on the airway soon with 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 another Another update on, on what's happening in the sort of digital asset space. That, th- thank you very much, Chris. And, and thank you, James, for happy birthday before I forget as well, James. Thank you very uh, much, thank guys. You. Good show. Thank Good show. You. This podcast was brought to you by CMS Law. And if you need more information regarding the article written or the webinar, contact Christopher.luck at cms-cmno.com.